0: You are listening to the Uncovered Canvas Podcast, and we'll be right with you. Talk about some of the reading mishaps because now with my new schedule, luckily I am now reading more actually. So before I kind of struggled with doing anything productive for the entirety of the day show. <laughs> so right, because since... you
1: were fucking closing every single night.
0: Oh my fucking god, dude! Legit, one week my coworker leaves right, so, or for his vacation, and he goes on vacation for like two weeks. So afterwards. Uh, we get put in charge again because after he goes on vacation, they send him to Switzerland because we're getting a new machine in. So, he basically is gone for three weeks. And shit hit the fan. So, after he came back, it was still, we need you to help close because there's a lot of projects going on. So, we gotta move the damn, like, the, the compressor, mind you if, you, if you remember, I brought up a compressor at some point. Yeah, no, that... That was a project that we were still working on while he was gone. That's such a fucking long process. Like, Jesus. So, oh, man. I wasn't I wasn't home until 2 in the goddamn morning for a whole month, basically. And, boom, just exhausted. So, when I left for France, that Friday, when I was clocking out, there was so much nonsense. There was so much just kicking the nuts things that was happening. All I can think is, I just clocked out. It is no longer my problem. Mm-hmm. So, we do that, and... Luckily, my now that I'm back, I know it's stupid to say, but if you sl- about if I knock out when I get home and then wake up in the morning, because it's in the morning, I end up actually doing a lot more. So I've been painting my uh, Warhammer miniatures that I've been really meaning to get to, mm-hmm. and I've been at least reading a little bit of Mistborn before I go to work. So luck. So I have technically gotten more done than just laying around contemplating uh, my life choices after I get out of work. <laughs> for the past however like maybe
1: maybe i should get a different job
0: maybe maybe oh uh, what what has led to me laying in my bed staring at the ceiling and just contemplating the things that i've done so far all right my decisions well if it isn't the consequences of my actions <laughs> well 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 <laughs> so for it's it's been a while since i actually sat down and you know really read a novel novel because before I've been reading a lot of pulp. or I mean, it's not to disqualify pulp or anything, but a lot of the times uh, the pacing's quicker, or a lot of short story anthologies. You know, I got like thirty to forty pages, and the story's done. Whereas here, it's t- it's taken a bit for the story to kind of pick up. Like I can I can understand kind of why, because I'm basically um, for context, hero. Right now, I'm, I'm still the only character's name who's like really in my head right now is Vin. <laughs> Vin and Clubs are the only two characters that I have like firmly in my head that I can name off the top of my head without needing to like Not even Kelsier, the okay, first person in I the world. I was looking up how what his name was. Yes. I like <laughs> Yes Yes. I like Kelsier and um What was his name? Kamon? Dachson? No no no. Like Dachson is the his buddy. Kamon is the dude that beats the shit out of Vin. Oh Cayman came in common i i don't know like, that's why I, I only
1: the only reason i know is because i listened to the the audiobook the dramatization
0: oh jeez, like that's that might that's how you kind of know mike dumbass is reading like uh, on the uh words to page because i i actually no i mean it i
1: googled I... it too like when i was like it? i was listening to it i'm like i wonder how this is spelled like, eventually you'll meet Sazed. And uh-huh. I'm like, how is Sazed spelled? And so I Google it and I'm like, there's no way I would have ever figured that out from this.
0: Really? Point. Oh my God. And luckily, I know. Okay, so uh, the last thing that I just read is Kelser is, get, is robbing the noble for that 10th medal. Ooh, mm, and then I it's and the eleventh actually. What? I thought he was robbing for the tenth and the eleventh no. was something that he already had. No, the 10th
1: Everybody has the ten medals.
0: Mm, okay. So, he, oh, his, unless
1: I guess like ATM, is he robbing him for ATM? Yeah, yeah, he's robbing him for ATM. Okay, so it is the tenth medal.
0: Yeah. So I just finished that. So I'm like eighty-ish pages in the book right now, and I'm not gonna lie, hero. I feel like I had this scenario in my head where for Jeanette's story, obviously I'm, I have like six other fucking projects, but while I was in France, I was thinking more about Jeanette and I kept thinking, well, what is Jeanette's story? Cause I don't uh, think you've ever talked about it. Well, for her, I was, I'm really, really love the 1920s aesthetic Chicago, right? Yes. These, the bootlick the bootlegger era, the roaring 20s oh, the man, hype
1: really love the uh, new dimension 20 then if you ever get a chance to check that out because it's a, a noir new,
0: one new dimension 20 i'll have to hold on
1: yeah it's called uh it's called mentopolis it's on dropout men they might Top-o- even have the first episode on youtube they usually do that
0: i'll just have that as a little note in our vc chat yep so yeah I, i'm from chicago mobsters and like all the like like al capone is from here or you know this is where he set up shop and that's this is where they got him right so I, it's such a it's a topic that really it gets me going i love it and because i already like pulps and noir as a whole i mean that that this is like what my perfect genre i love it the so i thought you know what i kind of want to do a like 1920s aesthetic era i don't still don't know because it's very much still unlike Ick it it's still much in a very pre pre-production stuff i don't know if i'm even going to keep the setting or have it be 1920s expi- inspired but basically this actress ends up getting hurt gets caught in the crossfire of like a gang war and now she wants mm. revenge so stuck in a wheelchair makes a deal with the devil like, quote-unquote and now uh she's an agent of vengeance not she's the daredevil oh. oh no no no! excuse me not an agent <laughs> of vengeance revenge two very different things yeah because <laughs> i i remember uh if she's you look an at- avenger yeah revenge <laughs> So <laughs> if you look on the back of uh, n- uh name drop of a game, Metal Gear Solid uh, Revenge. The writing game. The writing Metal game? Ge- yeah, the Metal Metal Gear, Metal Gear Rising Revenge, Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. If you look at the back, it's like, uh Revenge with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, those
1: are two different things. But yeah, you can put them together because it kind of makes sense. I mean, the whole sense.
0: game is a meme. Yeah, yeah. oh man! the funny thing too is like meme culture and everything took off after that game came out but the idea in the game is memes are an idea of of uh, ideology transfers and stuff because that's what the original intent of meme was but now meme has evolved into this like it's evolved into this smorgasbord of other like crap that people forget what the original like meaning behind meme was so i remember in um when someone was watching the and Rampa anime, the, like, the, the season three stuff, because I think it's, like, what, you got the two games, the interqual, and then the anime finishes off that story. Someone said meme, or, like, brought up the, like, his meme in yada yada as someone's, like, being edgy on, on, like a, on, like, a dock or something, and then everyone lost their mind. He said the memes! But I bring this all back because I keep thinking... I'm gonna have her bring up revenge a lot. Like, I gotta get my revenge. I'm really pissed that these fuckers took my legs. And now the only way I can walk is being possessed by a demon type deal. Like, she's Like, that's the only time that she can get back any semblance of her old life is to have this fucker in her head telling her, you should probably be killing a lot of people right now. I like killing. We should kill. Like, this entire fucker in the back of her head telling her to do stupid shit that she's already gonna do. And then I'm reading Mistborn and then bringing up oh every other fucking page oh he's probably gonna betray me betrayal betray betray like bitch shut up i get it (laughs) jesus oh my god i feel like he has trauma what do you think trauma is if someone brings this up to me it's like i don't know man why does jeanette bring up revenge all the time if brandon sanderson can go two fucking pages with bringing up revenge or excuse me uh betrayal betrayed oh why are you so cool aren't you gonna betray each other i think i can get away with like every other chapter being oh man revenge is so great isn't it oh my god i get it
1: oh
0: god i get it vin i get it uh your brother fucked you over Came on, come on, the fucking boss leader. Cabbage. Cabbage, he beats the snot out (laughs) of you. I get it. You grew up pretty rough, but god fucking damn it. Every two damn pages you're on you're if you're in the chapter, betrayal and betrayed is gonna come up every two pages. Every
1: day. Every day until Kelsier shows up.
0: Oh man. Kelsier legit is actually a pretty interesting character because he just flat out dude shows up and flat out i mean it's still early in the i, I say early but it's a 500 page freak 500 page plus no, it book. is
1: 80 80 pages out of 500 is pretty early
0: yeah and that's like,
1: only in the first book you still got two more books of this art to go
0: yeah and apparent and um so i was checking out the there's a uh an like a booktuber that i saw and he's like checking out here's uh, a booktuber so right. basically um because i wanted to know so there's oh, let me look him up real quick so it's a overview of the cosmere i
1: think i've seen that
0: one yeah basically it's a dude standing on a green screen and it says cosmere breakdown yada yada 2022 yeah. uh yeah. daniel green yes that
1: guy daniel green he was in a rustage rap once really uh he was referenced oh neat
0: i check out some of his stuff a lot i do like it but uh after watching more of his stuff i can for sure agree i think i'm only gonna check out misborn and some of the shorter shit because i am not like elantris i'm gonna have to check out too because it's a separate thing and not a i found out from him that elantris
1: 2 is happening i'm like why i mean i'm happy but why
0: (laughs) i'm gonna take your word for it because i feel like a lot of the Kashmir uh scribes have a better understanding of should why wouldn't this get a sequel that's like uh, someone who knows common writer knows why can't common writer black and common writer black rx be in the same scene and then if you know common writer like because that's literally the same guy whereas i get the feeling uh, uh elantris ended pretty good so that way you yeah. need a sequel
1: uh, the, let me give you a brief synopsis of a lot okay. of this, right? So there's a city that lives outside a city of gods, so to speak. These people can use magic and live forever. Then one day an earthquake happens and all of the gods essentially die uh, and they turn into zombies. And there was this tradition where the people in the village, whenever it was their time to uh, live with the gods, they would transition into one just kind of like overnight uh-huh. and then they would be like, oh, you know then they would be celebrated like, hey, you're gonna go live with the gods and be happy forever and learn all their secrets and stuff like that. But after this earthquake, people started turning into zombies. So, but they were like still sentient and stuff. They were just like half dead all of the time. And they, because they live forever, like their wounds would never heal. So if you got like a paper cut, that paper cut would continue to get worse and worse and worse for eternity and that kind of thing. So it's like, it's pretty fucked up. So the the main character goes and he wakes up one day and he's like transitioned into this like half dead person. And, uh, is now segregated to go live in the god city, which is now like cordoned off. It's like this whole quarantine area where he's got to live separately from the people or whatever. And uh, he eventually discovers the mystery behind why what's happening is happening. And then he solves that mystery, and everything is good and better now and goes back to normal. And then that it ends. Huh. So it's like, it's really weird for there to be an Elantris too because, like, there was a problem. The problem was solved. There are no more problems to solve. We're you'll learn in like all of the other <laughs> Brandon Sanderson like sequel books like in Mistborn 1 they're going to solve a problem but one of like five problems and they got gonna right. solve the other four in the next book uh, but they only solve one in that next book and then they gotta solve four more in the next next book
0: <laughs> And I was like and then that keeps continuing and like, like, I like you know, the eventually. I like the grand scale so far of Mistborn because right now a lot of the background that I've got because that's the thing so the premise that people have told me on Mistborn is so far actually living up to what people have told me. So, like, it's a heist book, basically. Mm -hmm. So, you got your scene where you're introducing some of the cast, like, the main leader and yada yada, the guy who's hiring them to do the... the, Like, you got that scene where... Because it's funny. The same scene that usually it's like, okay, who's hiring us to do the crime and assembling the team is one scene now. Mm -hmm. So, the guy who's hiring them and the rest of the crew... Are all meeting up in the one scene? Usually, it's two different scenes, but that's because you know. Usually, I see more it in film. Was that uh, Eden?
1: Did you meet Eden?
0: Yeah, we met Eden. So the uh, the the ska rebellion and stuff, and fucking Kelsar just straight up saying like, yeah, no, the reason why you haven't done shit in like a thousand years is because you're unorganized you guys don't got the goal you can like, just tell him to his face it's like excuse you just insulting 10 th- like a thousand years of hard work and people dying like yeah, yeah you- i really don't
1: think kelsier's not very good at explaining this concept so ba- and like let me let me relate this to our typical topic of the day right, right which is right. like getting doing things getting projects done and that kind of thing right right the thing that kelsier tries to explain in this scene isn't that necessarily that they're disorganized or don't have motivation or whatever is that their idea are too vague right like they're like we want to overthrow the lord ruler uh and we need to raise an army but what does that look like (laughs) like how do we kill the lord ruler what happens afterwards what do we do about the obligators what do we do about the inquisitors um, what do we do about other extraterrestrial armies? What, you know, like there's so many steps and underlying processes, and you know all these other things that they're just not thinking about. So when they do finally form this group and be like, "We're gonna overthrow the Lord Ruler," how we group up and hit him till he dies? It doesn't. Wait, he's immortal.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: It's like it doesn't work because gonna- you guys you you haven't made a plan you're just enacting an idea so like it's similar to projects
0: it's we're gonna keep killing him until he stays dead
1: exactly so when you're like i want to write a book well what's your book about it's uh a fantasy romance okay tell me more like who are the characters involved what are the dynamics how are you gonna keep this interesting is there anything that separates it from other romance stories of the genre yada 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 you know that kind of thing and so, like, that's, that's what Kelsier is trying to explain, is, like, how do you achieve, a vi- like, a grand project in a viable sense? by breaking it down to manageable pieces which he does eventually get to it's just kind of vague the way brandon sanderson has written it yeah i think part of that is because brandon sanderson is one of those people who does it intuitively and doesn't necessarily think about it despite the fact that he teaches yeah
0: (laughs) the other reason why i'm bringing this up now is because we're talking about brandon sanderson we're talking about being vague and we're talking about like all the things so it was a video on him and beta reader groups or like writing groups and basically it was make sure you stick to you because you're talking about the romance thing and knowing what you're doing and freaking he uses this example in his thing so he's doing a romance book and he's like well i didn't know i needed vampires but my guys told me i should put vampires in it and then a different person recommends you know you make it a western all right so now it's a western romance with vampires and he keeps adding more shit to the list and eventually i'm like brandon please we get your point this is funny but still like, it becomes such a bastardized version because your beta readers and the people that are trying to help you in your writing group end up, like, transmogrifying it into something that they wanted to write instead of, let me make this the best it thing it is. You know what I mean? Like, the job of an editor is to make, you know, a diamond out of a turd. Yeah. The best way I like to tell
1: people, like, how to utilize creative criticism and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is that the people that you show your product to, the thing that you're working on, have yeah. no idea what to do right about it but they have ideas on what to do wrong about it right yeah so they're good at like identifying problems but they're not very good at coming up with solutions to those problems that's your job so when yeah. people tell you hey i don't like this like this was a piece of criticism that i got on beta chip yeah. uh was that some oh, an earlier version of it uh we got someone to read it and they were like oh i like it but it's kind of hard to follow because the characters teleport around a lot. And to a normal person, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, what do you mean they teleport around a lot? But if you think about it for two seconds, it means that there's no cohesion be- between scenes. You need to bridge the gap between these moments where characters are quote unquote teleporting around so that there's context to how they get from one place to another place.
0: Right. Okay. That makes sense. Like, you gotta, you end up breaking that one rule where. If you're, the, it's called the 180 rule, I believe, where if your yep. characters are, like, um, if one character's on the left side of the screen and the other character's on the right, they stay on that side. If you change the camera perspective and now they're on opposite ends, you end up... You lose the cohesion and confusing
1: yeah. people. So it happens a lot. It does, even to professionals. So, like, that's why you need these these beta people to come in and tell you their honest thoughts and opinions about it. Because if they tell you their experience and you, you can take notes from that and be like, oh, we're... Where did you find it kind of difficult to read or whatever? And like the lack of feedback is also good feedback because I've had this mm-hmm. as well where I'd be like, hey, what do you think about this thing? And they'd be like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. I'm like, okay, were well, there any particular parts that stood out to you? No, not really. It was all pretty good. All right, any parts that were particularly bad? No, not really. I mean, it was, you know, it was enjoyable. I had fun. Like, you, you know, understand how that's not helpful or constructive at all. Right. Except in a broad sense where you can be like, okay, so what this means is, Two things. Either one, they're not my target audience, and they're they're not going to be helpful for that reason. Or two, the thing that I'm working on just isn't that interesting or standout-ish. Or even if it is, it doesn't have any moments that particularly stand out, which means I need to either improve tension, impact you know those kinds of things Mm -hmm. Um, but I think first identifying whether or not this person is is helpful or not because they belong to the camp that you're trying to sell to if they are not you might want to trade them out for somebody who is in that camp if they are and they feel those things then you want to try the other things like making that more impactful more dynamic that kind of thing more meaningful you might have to add scenes or remove scenes to make relating to the character a little bit stronger you know that kind of thing
0: it's good to have you know a different a wide diverse range of opinions and thought processes but if you get someone that hates romances trying if someone who just objectively hates the romance tag and you get him to read your book there could be some pluses and minuses but i'm not going to tell you he's going to give you anything crit- like you know decently de- some many could good certainly feedback.
1: yeah he could certainly help in giving you ideas on what to improve on uh because for example you know like for me i criticized naruto a lot right mm-hmm but i grew up absolutely in love with naruto like i yeah. love that show it's so good but it's, i also understand that it's not good <laughs> it's actually very bad but Dang. it's fun uh, but yeah so like the idea is like if you get somebody who hates romances like oh a, a clearer example would be dan salvato and the doki doki literature club mm-hmm. game, right is he made a visual novel because he hated visual novels right so the visual novel he made was a standout hit and classic because he was doing things that no other visual novels were challenging because they were all like copying each other Mm -hmm. and not doing anything necessarily unique so it was like in a sense dan salvado loved visual novels he just hated the visual
0: novels that were being produced funny enough because of how doki doki does things i think i brought it up before there's a nitro plus game called you and me and her The only thing that I'm going to spoil, because just talking about Doki Doki and what goes on in it, is a spoiler. Like, the entire... If you have to go in blind in order to get the full experience for both of these games...
1: Well, no, because you can at least say that there's a literature club that you go to, and you go Doki Doki.
0: Yeah, okay, so kind of that. (laughs) Doki 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 Literature Club. But the one thing that I will say is that both stories do get kind of meta, and... Yeah, no... The way they both get meta, there's a reason why some people think he plagiarized the other game, even though they're far apart, and the dude clearly doesn't speak no rice. He's not a ricer. So it's just, you know, two people came up with this idea at two different points, and well, they just happened to work.
1: Apparently, there's a translation for you and me and her.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, Jast USA. Yeah. Jast USA put it out. and It's on Steam. Yeah. I personally am not too. Like, I'm not. Like, I'll be a jazz shill any day because I legitimately do... I'm obviously because I'm friends with some of the people at the company. But, uh, I do enjoy a lot of the titles they pick up. The manga gamer, they get... They have a weird tendency to just grab titles that no one really asked for. But, I mean, hey, I I enjoyed them. Some of them I enjoy. Some of them are like, uh, this year is going to be kind of dry for games I give a shit about. Uh, Sekai Project ends up license-holding most of their damn games. Front Wing, if they ever release a fucking thing... On any project that they get. Neko Pretty solid team. Hit or, uh, Some of the games are like hit or miss. But that's because if you like cutesy moe type stuff. Then you'll love it. But if you don't. Then you're going to be kind of starving for like the hits for you. So a lot of the. I'm not really big on Nitro Plus as a company. Because I don't know. Like It's not because I'm a contrarian. It's just I don't. Like, all like. right. Games like Murama, uh, is Full Metal Demon Muramasa. Is it a freaking god tier whatever game? I don't know, I haven't played it. So many people are telling me to do it that they're effectively sucking its dick like 24-7 that I kind of don't want to play it now. You know what I mean? Like, Brandon Sanderson, luckily to me, has been pretty solid in being recommended, right? It's not people constantly sucking his dick. It's very good X, very good Y, and very intricate stories and fleshed out power systems and magic systems. The reason why people say hard magic and soft magic system is because of him
1: yeah uh brandon sanderson is really interesting i think as a famous author because like prior to him the famous authors were like george R. R. martin and um Tolkien. what's her name for yeah uh, no uh for harry potter what's her name oh uh jk rowling J.K. Rowling, right? They, they were the famous fantasy authors that everybody looked up to and worshiped and that kind of thing. And they definitely sucked their dick saying they could do no wrong and had like these outsold overnight book releases and whatnot, you know? Yeah. So it's like a big deal for them. But for Brandon Sanderson, like the worship of him is like. Far more humble, it seems, where everybody is like, "We've been burned by these other people in the past. Let's be fair and criticize Brandon Sanderson," and they do, and he overcomes that criticism with every new release.
0: Yeah, because I'm uh, even okay. So I'm gonna. It's kind of a side tangent, but kind of a related. Reading Mistborn, I realized that one of the positives I've, I'm told is that uh Mistborn, the first book, right because apparently it's been retconned to be the the last kingdom or the the final empire. Yeah. Like the first book in the Mistborn trilogy is like not Mistborn anymore, it's The Final Empire and then the next book is uh they're all part of the Mistborn series, but they have subtitles.
1: So the first yeah. book is The Final Empire, second one's The Hero of Ages, and third one is the well of ascension
0: yeah so even the version i got it just says mistborn on the cover but you have to open it to get the final empire as the the subtitle Mm. so even the final empire has its own story it's done like you said before and now they're dealing with other shit in the next book
1: Right.
0: whereas in other high epic fantasy series that i've been checking out the first book is not done the first book is done in book three. Everything that was established, like everything that people were trying to do in the first book, is not done. That story is not finished until the events of the third book. Yeah. So there's a uh, series like Malazan, series like uh, Game of Thrones, technically, and I'm gonna throw the Stormlock. I'm gonna throw the Stormlight Archives in here too. If you're like selling me on this franchise this series of this is a 10 book series that i'm planning and you have a herculean page count for the first book and each book after that i'm sorry this isn't a this isn't a commitment this is stockholm syndrome like i remember checking out people and talking about the wheel of time and the wheel of time i'm only bringing it up because brandon sanderson's involved 15 books i believe right uh there was something like that yeah yeah so it was originally supposed to be 13 uh, twelve I think and then unfortunately uh he passed so then because of Mistborn all like I believe the entirety the entirety of the trilogy not just the final empire there tour or uh, the widow sees Brandis Anderson and he slows down his own writing to finish those to finish the wheel of time. So yeah. during the original author's tenor as the main writer there's this thing called the slump or The Slog, where it's three books in your 15 long series that's still pretty thick. Like each of these books are, that's gonna take a bit for you to read these. These are like 700 plus pages. And when I hear, oh yeah, no, three of these books are a slog that you have to get through in order to get to the good stuff. It rings, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this meme where someone is staring you blank in the face and it's One Piece fans genuinely, with no sarcasm in their voice, Telling you the series gets good after 500 p- episodes, it, it kind of rang off of that. It's like I need to get over three books that are a slog to get to the rest of the good stuff. Like, oh fuck me, dude. That's how it is for
1: like the first vo- half of the first volume of the fucking Stormlight Archives, bro. Oh, my oh it dude. It was so tough. It was tough, but it pays off so well. Like I was telling you before, my brother started the Stormlight Archives. Uh-huh. He stopped one page before it got really fucking interesting just real quick everything just turns on a heel and all of a sudden all the all the shit that you went through for all this mm-hmm. setup just became worth it and you were like oh this is so sick he stopped one page before no that. way yes, he literally told me he was like hey when i picked up stormlight archives again and i read through it again i turned that last page that i stopped at and it became really interesting and i feel
0: so bad about that See, at least that's in the book, though, right? Some people dropped certain series a book before it, quote-unquote, gets good. Or the payoff, like, it's not, I I know I keep bringing up the it gets good after blank episodes, blank thing, blank that, but it's the major twist or the major hook or the payoff for a lot of the stuff you just read happens too late for some people and that makes them want to drop it, right? Yeah. So I can kind of understand why that happens. So, the Wheel of Time, I I'm also realize that epic fantasy is just not for me. If you're telling me that I need to read 10 books to get a satisfying... Conc- like, to get a... To, be, to feel satisfied that I've actually gone through this journey, I'm, I'm sorry, bro. That's... No, that's... That's not a commitment that I think I can actually get through. I'm, I think
1: the, you're a, even more of a disadvantage being dyslexic, too.
0: Yeah, I mean... Because
1: it's like twice as much work for you to have to get through that.
0: I, I'm, I, I have Audible because they gave me a, uh, a promotion. Where it's, oh hey, here's 99 cents for three months. And I'm thinking, okay, so I'll maybe end up getting the other Mistborn books you on Audible. And I do want to own these on my shelf though. So... Well, you
1: should get the graphic. I still highly tote the graphic audio. Literally everybody I recommend it to doesn't give a shit. But uh, I'm telling you, graphic audio is where it's at, man.
0: I'll probably, ch- I'll probably end up checking out... Uh, I'm going to finish the first book on my own, which is... I'm still... I'm going at a decent pace. I get at least 15 pages a day because it's uh, this weekend. I'll be able to at least crank out a couple more chapters and really, like, plow through the book. Yeah. And I'll get a chance to really, like... I'm enjoying it. I am. But right now, I'll see wh- or Let me ask this hero. When was the big, this dude is going to go big in fantasy moment? In this book, in in Mistborn one, in in, in Mistborn one, what was the big? Brandon Sanderson is now going to be the Tolkien of our time, or is it? Or was it the whole trilogy that turned that into him? Or that? I
1: I believe it was the it was the training arc with Kelsier. So after Vin joins Kelsier's crew, they have uh a training arc. Obviously, yeah.
0: I think I literally just started that chapter right now where she wants to be trained by him or something because like it's Vin's perspective. After he comes back from robbing the metal. So I, I yeah. think I'm literally going to go there right now. So because yeah. right now, I'm not going to lie. Sure. Uh, you have your evil empire. Cause, again, the premise so far, it's giving like what I've been told and how people got me into the book was, okay. Brandon ended himself said, what if the evil or what if the villain wins and the evil empire is like a, a formed right? Like, what if the hero lost, and now, boom, here's the evil empire. We are now currently living in the evil empire. But as I'm reading this, all I'm thinking is, this is kind of just like any other fantasy book where, like, what's the difference between, like, you know, the ruler and the last empire right now and Sauron right now? I'm not really seeing the, what if the that bad is, guy is, won?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the, that's kind of the whole point. Um, in, the, in book two, there is a twist the, you know, bad guy kind of situation. Winning?
0: Okay. Uh
1: not winning necessarily, but just like how you perceive him. Right. And that's that's all book 2 is about is them uncovering that and dealing with the consequences. And I'm getting book 3 a... is correcting all the mistakes that they made. I'm
0: getting a to. feeling it's oh, the chosen one ends up becoming the final lord because the little like ep- like the little snippets we get at the beginning of each chapter i'm getting the feeling like oh that's the chosen one slowly but surely like losing confidence and then when the final moment happens like all right fuck it i guess i'm the bad guy now i will have to say that you're close but no cigar okay so i'll have to see how that goes because i'm getting that feeling now because again that's a, that's something that he's setting up at the beginning and i'm just thinking there's no way no rhyme or reason why this dude is putting that at the beginning this is before each chapter two like a little quote yeah. And well, as... the
1: the reason he did that is because he wanted to write that all as like a, you know, an individual chapter or a book or something. Uh-huh. But he realized that that would be really boring, but it still has pertinent information, so he just kind of put them at the beginning of every chapter to satiate his own need for that information to be in there.
0: I kind of like it a lot more than having it like just divult, like just completely derail the book and randomly, like, all right, here's Vin, here's Kelsier, here's insert other character that's going on right now. Oh, let's talk about this thing that happened in the past for a chapter yeah. or two. Like uh, in Malazan, that's another big scale epic fantasy book, and this ends up becoming like Game of Thrones. At least in Game of Thrones, you lose out on like a certain character's perspective for a single book. There's storylines that are dropped straight up for two books because he's building like it's a world conflict and not like a continent conflict so mm. you just lose out on like this entire section of the map for like two books while two other stories are being told and oh boy that would be fucky dude that would be annoying so i'm kind of oh glad he's gosh. doing it this way and yeah, I it, re- what it
1: reminds me of is like uh one piece chapter covers that yeah. continues side character stories while the main plot is still going on like the only reason you learn about like Helmeppo and kobe is through these chapter covers or like how buggy comes back over and over and over again through these chapter covers and like how they grow so yeah it, i like that it, it a reminds lot me of that
0: see i'm used to uh because it's funny i'm also uh i got on that's i'm caving more and more to your recommendation to graphic audio and like the using audible and stuff more, because I got the, it's a Warhammer book called the infinite and the divine, Mm. which is a Necron book. And to people who understand, uh, Necrons, you understand Necrons don't have shit for lore at all. They barely have a culture. Their rule book has like two, like two sentences or two paragraphs telling them about the history of this unit. And you don't know anything. Whereas Space Marines fucking, you know how big their fucking dick is. Shit like that. Like, oh, you know where they eat, where they sleep, uh, their culture. Their, what do they do with this? What do they do with that? What's the process of this and yada yada? Like, you know everything about Space Marines. Whereas Necrons, they're Terminators in space with an Egyptian history vibe going to them. So everyone recommended like the Infinite of the Divine because it's a good book book without needing to know Warhammer stuff which I'm kind of saying no to the more I listen to it. I'm almost done with the book, too. I got, like, six hours left on the audio audiobook. And the more I listen to it, the more I think, yeah, no, you still need to be a Warhammer fan to really understand what the fuck is going on. It's not really a good book that could stand on its own. Whereas Mistborn, I don't need to know anything. Like, the outside information that sold me on the book, the more I go into it, the more I'm like, eh, I... It was good to get me in, but you're not lying to me, but if you didn't tell me the whole what if the bad guy won, I wouldn't have really made that connection. Right?
1: <laughs> Cause Yeah. Like, oh well, Laura- granted, I know a lot of people are like they they use that because Brandon Sanderson talks like that in his uh his yeah, like, vlogs or whatever. So they're yeah. just like they're parroting what he says. Like for me, I was like i i call it a heist story but for me it was more like a just a regular epic fantasy taking over the you know whatever but then he was like oh it's a heist story set in the fantasy world and i was like i guess it is like i didn't like, even as- it feels more like lord of the rings than it does oceans
0: 11 but yeah, yeah. i mean yeah you're <laughs> not wrong i mean so far it's very much a heist book like this is still at the very beginning if it does and it, it'll become a heist and eventually like a takeover like a yeah. coup, so I understand that it's going to turn into like a coup because that's the entire point. Kelsier wants to kill this dude because he killed his wife, or not right. te- not technically killed his wife. They put they put them both in the pits, and then the pits caused them to die. And then because of all the bullshit he Kelsier s- went through, he sentenced
1: her to death. Like you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, so you know, I actually do like the whole. Because of all of the strain and all of the bullshit he went through in the pits, that triggered his alomancy to, like, come forth. Mm -hmm. I actually, I like that uh, trope, where you put someone through so much that their powers just explode, and now he has a lot of potential. Especially for somebody who originally lived in
1: the underground, you know?
0: Yeah, like, you expect
1: him to have already been through that shit, but the, the pits were so bad. (laughs) like that was the thing to make him one of those powerful alimancers of all time.
0: I do enjoy the twist of, Oh, where is this rare metal? Oh, it's in the pits. This is still early enough that I could talk about this. So not much of a spoiler. So the fact that it's like, all right, no one comes back from the pits. Oh gee, I wonder why that's where you get the rare metal. How do you know? Because I was there and I got out. That's where he's keeping the metal from. It's like genius. That makes sense. No, everyone's mining in that, in the pit. Or it's not a prison; it's a mining camp. And the reason why people don't get out is because guess what? They're dead. Because if they knew this is where the rare eleventh awesome sauce metal is, that could kill him. uh, I think that'd be attacked more often. It's like you know what? That actually makes a lot of sense. I kind of like that. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. glad Brandon thought of that. Yeah, he's got some good ideas sometimes. Like a nice little twist on the oh, uh, the the thing that because it's usually in a lot. It's kind of like a trope too. It's like oh, here's this this area that no one's ever come back from and you only got the one person that survived it he's such a badass isn't he but it's more of like no it's just a shithole that's why they don't survive whereas here it's no you're dead if if you know my secret you're dead and they right. thought he was dead it, I'm, I'm glad um he does this thing where you can figure out that Kelsier's is the one that escaped before he flat out says like oh yeah no i'm the dude in the pits i'm the legendary yada yada that escaped and whatever, because you hear like at the beginning, when he's with the plant with the other plantation people, where they're like, "Oh, we heard of this guy that escaped from the pits, and he's this legend, and yada yada." And then Kelsier shows up, so you can kind of put the dots together. But if you didn't put the dots together later in the book, they'll flat out say, "Yeah, no, I I'm the guy that escaped. Here are my like here are the scars, yada yada." Because it. Like, that's don't... a
1: brand that they herald him over as the yeah on his
0: arm. yeah so if you didn't put the dots together it's fine because the book other characters that don't know kelsier and need that like are you the like who are you it's like i'm the guy that escaped from the pits like he's using that as you know leverage like hey you you think i'm not serious i'm the i'm the legend i'm the dude that escaped from the pits you gonna trust me now You gonna go with me? He's like, okay, yeah, no, I I trust you now. Or not trust, but like, all right, yeah, no, this, this dude's serious. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, you made it
1: out? I guess I'll fucking, I'll believe you for anything.
0: Whereas a lot of other stuff that I did read, they leave it super vague and implied. So there's not a definitive answer, but it ends up causing more issues later when you're talking about the book because someone says like, oh, this person is like a super special awesome sauce knight. And it's like, How did you come to that conclusion? Well, it's implied, isn't it? It's like, no, in that scene, it's implying that it's this guy, and this, yada, like, if you leave too many things a little vague, you end up causing more problems. You get the Silent Hill problem, where in the American-made games, Silent Hill Origin, Silent Hill Homecoming, Silent Hill Downpour, and then there's another one that I'm not remembering because it's forgettable. Oh, Shattered Memories. Um, All the American-made ones... Have a very, very, very different idea on what the fuck Silent Hill actually is. So the main guy who's writing it ends up causing problems in the story. So in one of the games, this character is, you know, crying and like really, like, it's eating at him. That he killed someone that killed his son. And in one of the endings, it turns out he's the one that killed his son. So the entirety of the story is this dude moping and feeling like he needs to be punished for this heinous crime of killing the person that drowned his son. And then it turns out in one of the endings, no, I actually killed my son. Yeah, so there's this weird disconnect. And if you don't explain your shit, and then later it's like, oh, look at this big reveal. And it's like, this is kind of out of no... If there's like some big reveal later with Kelsier... It's at least brought up like earlier in the book. That's like, okay, so that happened. I know he's the, I can imply he's the guy that got out. And then later he tells you he's the guy that got out. And then if there's some like, oh, he's the true hero and yada, yada. It's like, okay, I can kind of believe that it's not pulled out of his ass because you know, oh, he was a leader of the underground. He was an OG. He was like top dog before they got him. And this was before he got his powers. So if he could do all of this stuff before he got his powers and then the very next scene is him showing off what he can do with Allomancy, which is kind of interesting. Like the, the sense enhancements mm-hmm. can also be a debuff because there, I think it might be a debuff later. It might come up later where he doesn't like that because his senses are heightened. He, he's way colder now. Yeah, he can feel the cold. He feels,
1: he feels everything all at once. And, like, it's not just, like, one sense being heightened either. It's all five of them at the same time being elevated. And uh, this comes up later. This isn't too much of a spoiler, but this comes up later when Vin asks for tips on how to use tin better. Mm -hmm. Um, In that uh, the person she asks tells her it's, like, it's less about what you can see or feel or sense and more about what you can ignore.
0: Yeah, because I get the feeling later there's going to be a scene where – it's a Daredevil moment where um, in the first – in the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie, he's underground in a subway. And because he has heightened senses and the only way he could see is with hearing because the radar sense, a train goes by and it fucks him up mm-hmm. because he's so focused and hypersensitive that a loud sound like that gets him disoriented. And I'm thinking there's going to be a Daredevil moment at some point in these books. <laughs> Where because of the heightened senses, that's gonna be used. I don't think there's gonna be like an actual like daredevil scene like it, but it's gonna be like, oh shit, I'm I'm super sensitive right now, so if I'm getting my ass kicked, I feel it more. Right. So I know a scene like that will come up. You wouldn't put that in there if he's not gonna use that later. It's a Chekhov's gun. You're not exactly. gonna bring up you're not gonna bring up, okay, I feel everything. And he he's the way I read it, it's not that he's slightly discomforted, but Because he was talking about, like, okay, so the cold I could deal with, but my feet being extra cold because of the tiles, because he could feel. He went a little extra detailed on that when he's talking about, like, okay, my feet are on the tiles, it's chilly, it's all this. I'm like, okay, there's going to be a daredevil moment. I know there's going to be at one Mm -hmm. point because of this heightened sense thing. And so far. It's pretty interesting. Like, the dude's doing, like, Super Mario-level bullshit or, like, uh, Gary's Mod stuff with the metal and the coins. <laughs> yes. It was like, I'm going to turn this coin into a fucking springboard as I drop it on the floor and just, like, do some acrobatic stuff. It's really interesting because some of them I like, can get. Some of them, like, wait, if they can pull the coins, why didn't they pull the safe out when he got out? Because it was the, Yeah, so I'm thinking, okay, that makes kind of sense. Because I think he literally chucked it. I don't think he used his powers on it, he just grabbed... He used his enhanced strength to yeah, chuck it strength, out. Yeah, And not just the force pull on the metal. Right,
1: because there's a positive and a negative to every single one of these powers, right? So, like, yeah. for his jumping and pulling and whatever, uh, he has to be heavier than the object he's pushing against for him... Or for it to move, and then he's got to be lighter than it for him to move. So, the safe, because it's so heavy, he would end up throwing himself backwards and the safe itself wouldn't move anywhere because it's heavier than him so he switches to his super strength power and he just grabs that and throws it um but he's going to feel that later if he turns his shit off yeah
0: (laughs) i'm glad another thing too i'm glad that he didn't just go in and like do a fucking steven seagal where he's like boom 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 like super no one can touch him i got i'm an i'm a I'm a Mistborn, because he did make Mm. the distinction in the book. There's Mistborns and the Mistings. You either get one power, or you get all of them. There's no bullshit, like, Naruto-esque thing where, you know, I know two different styles, and I can do this weird whatever thing. It's like, no, you either get the one power, or you get all of them. Yep. And your proficiency
1: in each one goes down the more that you have.
0: Yeah. So, that's a nice way to balance it out. But he goes in, and he almost gets his He almost gets caught. Like... Almost immediately, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Kelsier, this big, bad, whatever, and stuff. Like, he, go, dude goes in, and it's basically John Wick. Yeah. That's how I see it. So, John Wick versus, like, your Steven Seagal. If you guys know, Steven Seagal is kind of like a Akito guy. Fights kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, fight, he fights in the chair. Yeah, he fights in the chair. He's so badass, no one can touch him. He's sitting. He's fighting in a chair in Super Sentai. That, that moment is hype. Where it's like, oh, man, you guys are so weak. I don't even have to stand to kick your ass. And then later, it turns out, yeah, no, you need the whole team to beat that guy. Versus Steven Seagal, he's fighting, and he doesn't want to get out of the chair because he's fucking lazy. He finishes the movie in that chair. Like, you can't touch him. You can't get hit. Completely, you know, not understanding that. Jackie Chan gets his ass kicked, and then him winning at the end is, like, cathartic. It's like, yeah! Eat it, fucker! Yeah! My boy Jackie's on top. In the John wick films Keanu Reeves gets his ass kicked like sure he's the one that lives at the end of the day he is the one that like got his goal and stuff but he's getting his ass kicked like even like a note but uh in the second film he kills someone that's like super important and then the guy that's the bodyguard of this person is like dude you killed my ward i'm gonna kill you now and he's chasing him throughout the whole movie. And this dude is like up to par with John. Like John's struggling with the guy, it seems like. And sure, he won in the end, but he was still getting his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And with this, I appreciate that Kelsier, like, yeah, he's, he's good with his powers and stuff. But there's literally people that show up to counter him. Like, like it would kind of be... Are Not only talking the... about
1: the, uh, the Haze Killers?
0: Yeah, the Haze Killers. Like, they show up, they don't have they're metal specifically...
1: on. Yeah, they're specifically trained to
0: kill people like him. And he, like, he, he didn't... He outsmarted some of them, but he didn't flat out, like, there wasn't no, like, fucking Kung Fu action moment where, you know, he beats them all, right? No, these fuckers are trained to beat him, and he had to really outsmart all of them just to get out. So I actually really appreciated that any time in media where you, tra- you hype up this, like, one dude that's, like, super mega awesome sauce. And he still gets his ass kicked. He still gets pretty beaten up. And Kelsey really, like, had to- he had to drop another one of his vials just to keep going in the fight. Like, he had to use two of his resources that he was for sure was like, eh, I only need the one. Ah, oh, shit, I need two. Let me, let me uh, down another bottle of uh, metal because I'm going to need it. Yeah, I I really appreciate that. And I'm thinking to myself, this is really interesting. And I get where the heist film is. I like a lot of the background for it. I agree with the whole. uh, What if the evil empire won? It's probably going to come up in like a later book or if uh, I don't know where the what if the evil empire actually won? It's like, so you mean the start of every insert fantasy? Aragorn starts off with the evil empire winning and there's a resistance. Like, I I don't know where the like stories where what happens after the person wins or after the demon Lord is defeated just ends up becoming that that's, that's just the next part of the story. Like, I don't get like why you're using that as your,
1: uh, as your pitch.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, there's this anime called, I think it's what, uh, aesthetic of the rogue hero, I think, or something like that where it's literally the next step like the dude gets isekai'd this is like way before it's a magic high school series and not an isekai which is funny so the dude's like from one world he saves the day and he's leaving but he ends up taking the demon lord's daughter with him and while he's gone like his magic high school thing they end up like changing shit while he's gone like oh shit uh what's going on now so it ends up becoming like a uh of like a vie for power type deal because there's this power gap when he left, and now he's back in his world with the Demon Lord's daughter and shit. And I'm thinking, what was the point of saying, like, this is the story that takes place after, you know, the Demon Lord's gone. If the only real thing you're going to take is, here's the daughter of the of the guy. And, like, they kind of play with it around a bit, but it just ends up becoming harem shenanigans. That's how I feel
1: about the mage's grandson. Um, which was a story I was kind of excited about because it was... This came out, like, far before Mushoku Tensei, right? It's about a guy who just knew about, like, modern science and stuff like that. He gets transported to an isekai world and then uses that to propel his magic to, like, new heights or something like that. So he does things like invent an atomic bomb spell, right? Um, Because he understands atomic theory. At least based on how he learned it in high school. <clears throat> uh, but they, like, they don't ever use that besides for that one element. Like, the fact that he's from another world could literally mean less uh, if they just made the grandfather like a scientist, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like... I mean,
0: if you're gonna use the thing as your pitch, use it. Like, the whole, like, Isekai is, it, I, I brought it up before, Isekai in general is just someone writing bad fantasy because mm. they needed the Isekai to really, Isekai's is popular. That's it. That's why it's an Isekai. It could have just been a generic fantasy and nothing would have changed. Yep. Oh, that
1: reminds me, actually. Uh, so this weekend, uh, this last weekend, I finally yeah. submitted to the Tetesk contest oh. at Kanakawa. Uh, so hopefully we get results of that in here in a month or whatever. But uh, I was looking at some of the historical winners um, just to kind of see. And this is probably something I should have done before. I submitted but whatever uh but i was looking at some of the historical winners and i guess the one from last year was about it, it was an isekai web comic about a twitter addict who gets transported to another world and their power level is determined by how many social media friends they have huh and the like the judge's comments and stuff like this was a winner Like judge's comments were like this is an entirely unique take i'm like i guess it's still an isekai, though, so it's not that unique. That's like a different flavor of bread. You know, <laughs> like, it's
0: it's still oh, bread, man. it's just tastes different. You still made it the same way, you still had the entire process the same, it's the same recipe, but it's different, because I cut it one way instead of the other way. Because I came from France, the fact that you use bread as the example is fucking hilarious, because they eat <laughs> a lot of bread there
1: they do and it's all different flavors. Yeah, it was nuts,
0: dude. Like uh we had like 4 free hours to just, you know, mess around uh, in between excursions and it is not an exaggeration that there is a ton of fucking cafes. You can't go a single door without running into another cafe. It's wow. either it's either um department stores or like you know like your brother like oh there's uh this store that store and then a cafe
1: it kind of feels like omaha though uh where i'm from because uh. we have more restaurants per capita than anywhere else in the u.s um <clears throat> which is crazy for a city only four hundred thousand people big right mm-hmm. but yeah every every other corner is the fucking restaurant there's you know there's like five fast food places within five minutes from my house
0: that's nuts Dude, free, like, it, it's an, not an understatement that there's a lot of cafes. It's r- ridiculous. Admittedly, I was in Paris, France. So, I don't know how far out, like, in regu- like other normal cities it yeah, has. Yeah, I guess, like, you have to lot. consider,
1: because, like, Paris is, like, the New York of France.
0: Yeah. So, there's, there's, there's a bit of a tie there. I'm actually excited to see how, you know, your entry goes, because, uh, which one are you putting in? Are you using, uh... Which series are you actually having the for the test? Beta chip. Oh, you're using Beta Chip. Okay. Yep. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Let's see how that goes. Cause I mean, Mega Man, the 25th, or uh, yeah, it's the I mean, yeah, the 20th anniversary uh, thing dropped a little bit ago, so not too far off. And there's a lot of Mega Man inspired shit coming out because you know Capcom's not doing anything. So hey, proxy battles are still a thing. I mean, Digimon still. Oh yeah, uh, proxy
1: battles are definitely still a thing. My. My hope here is, based on the entries that I've seen, because uh, this is mainly why I was looking into it, like previous entries and stuff like that, is I wanted to see how standout Beta Chip would realistically be as an entry, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the my determination is pretty fucking unique <laughs> because every other entry is like teenagers and up, uh, either being romantically involved in some sort of you know, in some sort of drama story, action story or like i said that isekai story right it's like all regular standard shit and i either have it going for me that i'm so unique as an entry or uh, i have it going against me because it could be you know that they're looking for all of these other things that they're getting and not for my project Mm -hmm. um which would put me at a disadvantage But if they're just looking for general ideas and mine happens to be the only story like it in the entire pool, I'm going to stand out that much more because everybody's going to be like, well, I don't remember isekai number five coming across my table, but this beta chip concept, like that's something.
0: That's the one thing that kind of bugged me whenever someone's trying to like break the norms and... Do yada yada, and like change, like I'm not doing a normal fantasy story. And then you read the book, and it's like, yeah, you did like two things differently. You're still, you're still a basic bitch fantasy story. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like with, I don't want to. I'm not going to really go too deep into this because my examples are pretty low. But as of right now, I'm the main thing that's. Because I'm not that far into the book. I'll have an. Enti- we'll do an entire like episode dissecting my experiences with Mistborn. But as of right now, besides the allomancy, it, it's a fantasy book with a, uh, that's a heist that's going to turn into a coup. I, I mean, so far, yeah, I enjoy it. It's pretty solid. I'm definitely digging the characters. Admittedly, Vin going on and on about betrayal and being betrayed and her brother's trauma. I'm like, come on, man. That's I get it. Trauma works. I know, but still. <laughs> oh, man. You know what this reminds me of? Okay, so...
1: Does it remind you of Steven Universe? It kind of reminds me of Steven Universe.
0: No, it doesn't. It what it does remind Do you me of.
1: Lapis Lazuli. <laughs>
0: oh, for fuck's sake! Can we not? Oh God. So, uh, let me ask this first, uh, Hero. Have you seen Shin Godzilla? I
1: think you asked me that before, and I think I have seen it, but I don't remember
0: a whole lot. Okay, so I'm only going to bring this up because this is the one thing that bugs me about some literature, and it's knowing the context right like you need to know this outside information to make the book better or to make the book make sense So one example because it's on the high school reading list so it should at least I should be hitting enough people with this in high school you got to read Shakespeare right in high school sometimes you got to read the the Great Gatsby or the crucible uh, et cetera et cetera There's a book called Animal Farm that is Uh, on that list. Yes. Now, if you just read the book, it's a story about these animals taking over a farm and then slowly but surely divulging into effectively breaking the same rules the humans did and kind of fucking each other over. Like, they're becoming more human when they take over the farm.
1: Yeah, it's like, uh, what's that one? Uh, water, Water Ship Down? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So... If you just read the book, you would think, okay, this is a nifty, kind of interesting story. But you need to know is that it actually symbolizes the Bolshevik Revolution And how just because, you know, they say they're going to be better, they started immediately setting up rules to put certain people on top and being more privileged. Like, Pig is insert character from the Bullshit Revolution. It's been so long since I've read the book. I had to read it in high school. I only remember this because I just remember using the phrase, someone's pulling an animal farm on you. When they're someone in power, and they change and they bend the rules, so that way this current situation does not count for the when I'm breaking the rules. Like whenever a Discord mod is like, oh, you know, uh, when someone says no politics in general chat, or no politics in this chat in general, but then someone starts bringing up how insert election went and whatever and then someone bring. so i was like hey uh isn't that political that is explicitly political you're talking about the election i'm like well you <coughs> well you see i'm talking about yada yada this and whatever and i say oh so someone's pulling an animal farm a eh? and like two people in that chat understood that and i'm happy those two people got it luckily the mod didn't because i probably would have gotten banned but you needed to know that this book symbolizes the Bolshevik revolution how pig he says okay you're not allowed to sleep in the beds that that's the rule but what he really meant was sheets see if you don't if you sleep in the bed but there's no sheets then it's okay so as the book goes on more and more and more of pig's inner crew mm break the rules, and bends them so that way they have a better life. Whereas everyone outside of the main circle ends up, you know, getting pretty much fucked over. Like, a character runs away to another farm because of how bad it got. So, you needed to know this outside information to really get more of the book, right? You needed to know the history of when it was made. Kind of like people do this to Rocky where they include Sylvester Stallone's like, troubles in the process of making the film. Like, Rocky is a really good film by itself, right? It's this, yeah. you know, it's a really good film about this, you know, guy who's troubled, he's down on his luck, but, you know, he, he's still a fighter, he's got that fighting spirit in him. So he's getting his one chance to prove himself with a, with, a, with Creed, right? Yeah. And even at the end of the movie, they're like, uh, uh, when's the next fight? And it's like, I don't need another fight. Like, he got his chance. Like, the movie perfectly ties up right there. If there were no more Rocky films, it would have been great because he flat out said, you know, I don't need another fight or I don't want another fight, you know? So, but what people end up doing is they include in the story why it's such a good story, Sylvester Stallone going through a lot. Like, oh, he needed to sleep on a bench. He needed to do a softcore porn film to, you know, make ends do. He had to sell his dog the only way that he would be allowed to direct the movie is if he, like, got a huge pay cut. Or uh, he doesn't own the film, etc. Like, he went through so much stuff, and that gets included when you're talking about Rocky. So, there are some books that annoy me that you need, like, extra context in order to really appreciate it. So, there's a... I brought up before that I'm reading these flash fiction things called... Uh, It's a flash fiction uh, stories in the attic, 44 flash fiction tales, right? And so far, all of them that I've read, it's why I stopped reading them. You need extra context behind that story. The prose, what's going on, everything, all of these short stories, I look and say, okay, I'm going to look up someone analyzing this story. And see what I'm missing here. And every single fucking time it turns out okay, so I, you have to excuse me if I don't look up who the fuck the author is and find out what this person was going through, what this person was doing, and yada yada this and yada yada that to get 100% out of this story. That's probably get, why
1: people like Shakespeare and Edgar Allan Poe weren't popular when they were alive, you know? Yeah, because nobody the, gave a shit
0: it's so everything you needed to know about Macbeth was in the fucking story. Everything you needed to know about Romeo and Juliet was in the story. I don't need to know like the dude was like depressed or someone dumped his ass and whatever to appreciate Romeo and Juliet or have any less context to the story. It's boom. Everything I need to know was in the story. Um, Oh, Evangelion is still a solid, like depending on, you know, yada, 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 what's going on. The original series you don't need to know that Anna was fucking depressed and that it went through hella production issues.
1: Yeah, because it makes it obvious.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Like, obviously. it basically yeah.
1: tells you all the shit that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, There's an so, entire episode preview, I think for episode 19 or something, where they had the sarin gas attack.
0: The yeah. The preview
1: for the next episode had to be completely redone, like, in an hour or two. And they were like, we promise that it'll be done by the time the episode airs next week.
0: Yeah, so still i mean they make it known but the idea that like okay all the troubled stuff that like if you did not know about Hideaki Anno and just saw evangelion you still have every single bit of context you need for it except i still don't I
1: mean, think most people would like it though
0: oh no no it's it's just like me in epic fantasy people suck off fucking malazan all of the uh the wheel of time all of these big epic fantasy series and i'm thinking you all know what i if i read it and they're good written like prose wise story all that like objectively speaking if they are well written books sure am i gonna like them i don't know man there's a point in the wheel of time where three books are called the slog there's an arc called the slog i'm probably not gonna like it but well, I yield that they're probably well-written, influential, and yada, yada. Sure, you all, I'll yield to that. But not for me. And Avon yeah. Evangelion, sure as shit, is not for a lot of people.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because like, it, there's a reason it was a cult classic before it became as mainstream and popular as it is today. The only reason that it became as popular and mainstream as it is today is because the people who believed in the cult classic uh, perpetuated the narrative of Hideaki Anno's struggles and creating it. Right, plus the politics and stuff surrounding it at the time, delaying yeah. the production. It felt more like a revolutionary story than anything with all the surrounding context behind it. And so people watching it for that reason and experiencing it with that context enjoy it far more than they otherwise would have going in
0: blind. It the extra like that's the icing on the cake though. That's something nice to sprinkle on top. Knowing the context does not change anything in the story. No, but, but it does what, give
1: reasons to why certain things were happening. Right. Because without those reasons, I think people would generally be confused and lost. And they genuinely just have a bad time by the end of the story.
0: The understanding that there was a lot of production issues would probably explain why episode 25 and 26 were the way they were.
1: Absolutely, which is why they went on to make the end of Evangelion, which is the movie finale yeah. uh, featuring Asuka.
0: I still... I will still say that both endings have its valid you know conclusions like you can still watch three endings now oh yeah i don't oh, Don't let's not fuck it let's not I like, oh, God, okay well first
1: of all rebuild's ending is just as confusing as the last two endings <laughs> <sighs> but at least it's a good ending
0: <laughs> i will yield yes it it's a good ending for the rebuild trilogy i i'm still conflicted on it the but like trilogy yeah right I forgot that there because they named it uh, 3.0 one... plus 1.0. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Which I, do... I believe the context of that means, the reason that it's named that is because they were writing out 2.0, the
0: movie. Oh, wow, so, really?
1: Yeah, 3.0 plus 1.0 is the finale to the arc. That is 1 and
0: 3. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, man. Which I sucks, only.
1: because I really like 2.0.
0: is when it gets really balls to the wall and really like diverges the timeline so i can kind of understand why not a lot of people liked it yeah but then the issues that i have is three picks up after all this shit with two
1: sort of it picks up like 20 years later or some shit 15 i think
0: yeah there's a decent time skip because shinji was stuck in his unit for so long Right, After he the stuck in there
1: for like 15 years or something. So he's technically 30 by the events of 3.0. Oh, man.
0: It, it, uh, I only use that example because in Shin Godzilla, I remember seeing someone like not understand what's going on. So in Shin Godzilla, there's a lot of scenes where you have a lot of meetings. Like a good chunk of the movie is people sitting down and having meetings. And it's so listening to a bunch of video, people talk about it and review it. People who reviewed it, like, th- that are in the know of, like, Japan and whatever, like, like uh, like Matt Dapper and some of these other, like, uh, people that are film guys or understand Jap- Japan as a whole, yeah. know the context of Hideaki Anno was using Shin Godzilla to, like, criticize the Japanese government on their slow, uh, like, they were just fucking slow. Like, imagine, like, Katrina happened, right? And we're over here in the states. Almost immediately, we're sending people out and doing stuff. Admittedly, you know, with uh, Flint, Michigan, that took fucking forever. But you know, things how it is. So over there in Japan, that shit took like months to do anything about like any catastrophe. So I think it was a commentary on them being slow on the nuclear uh, power plant going like fucky and the tsunami and earthquake. Yeah. I th- I think all of that was what he was criticizing, I think. So putting that in Shin Godzilla was like a commentary on that. I think it was either that or another... I don't remember what catastrophe I re- happened. I
1: definitely remember it being an issue with the bureaucracy. Yeah. Um, because Japan is very very slow they're probably one of the slowest countries when it comes to bureaucracy deliberation
0: they have Uh, a meeting to decide what's going to be talked about in another meeting if someone's watching this film and wants fucking pacific rim or the uh heisei kaiju flicks with godzilla they are gonna hate this fucking movie because half of the fucking movie is people sitting down and talking And it's not even good talking. This isn't fucking... This is the same problem I have with Monogatari. Fucking... They're just talking. Like, guys, there's a fucking kaiju going on. There's interesting shit going on outside of this room. And the reason why shit gets done... Is because after a meeting... There's an evacuation... And, like, half the fucking people in the room die... Because they're escaping. So, the reason why shit gets done... Is because the people that are more proactive... And trying to figure this shit out... Are the only ones left alive... So if you do not know about the context about like, oh, this is a commentary on why Japanese on Japanese bureaucracy, you're going to not like this film because half of it is just people sitting in a room while Godzuki is over there like destroying the town. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know that context, it's going to be annoying to you. But if you do know the context and it's like, oh, oh, you see, this is genius. It's a commentary on this. and It's like, well. If there's a if you buy the DVD, And there's a director's commentary because it is uh, Anno and Shiguchi on this film. So they, I actually want to see if they did include that in the DVD release because I saw it in theaters. So, uh, I don't have that director's commentary thing. Hopefully, there is one. I'll have to check out to see the DVD release. So, I need to make sure that that's a thing because in the film, you don't get a you don't get a Mistborn thing where someone says, like, oh man. I mean, you kind of do, where they realize, yeah, bureaucracy kind of sucks. Why don't we uh, just do the do? And mind you, the only reason why they do the do is because it's literally, hey, okay, so the U.S. is going to drop a nuke on Godzilla. When are they going to do it? Three days. Why don't we do this operation before that happens? I mean, if it fails, we're going to drop the nuke anyway, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, sure, let's do this. And it works. So the only reason why they're able to do their plan is because a different plan was already operating, and they had a time, and they had like a... A time crunch, yeah. Yeah, they were able to do it,
1: so they gave them an ultimatum.
0: Yeah, it's like, all right, so either we succeed, or they drop the nuke.
1: I mean, or we don't succeed and they drop the nuke anyway. So it's yeah. like, you know,
0: those are our options. Oh my god, it's <sighs> that's the thing that bugs me a lot because you can't, you need all this extra context, and it bugs me that I can't sit down. I can read Dune. And while Dune might not be some people's cup of tea, it is still well written. It's still this, yada, yada yada. You don't need extra shit to appreciate Dune. It, it it bugs me a lot because it's not my. It's not your fault as a reader. It's everybody else giving you shit because you don't understand it because they know the secret. You know, it's like, oh, you don't understand that Animal Farm represents the Bolshevik Revolution. And you just thought it was, uh, it was Xenofiction? fiction, <laughs> Pleb. I was like, excuse me that it wasn't included in the fucking book! Oh, uh, it's like taking a test and then all of the fucking solutions are in next week's lecture. How the hell was I supposed to know? The answers to my problems is over there and you're not giving it to me. Ooh. So that's the thing that's really bugged me a lot about reading so, and admittedly, because I'm reading The Infinite and the Divine, I would feel really bad with people reading these books and not being Warhammer fans because there's a lot of Warhammer terminology and there's a lot of, like, Warhammer moments that you wouldn't really know unless you're a Warhammer fan. Like, you like even knowing the basic lore, you would still kind of, like, miss the thing. Like, the basic premise of The Infinite and the Divine is the Necrons are immortal robots, basically, that have, like, an Egyptian theme to them. They have dynasties, they have all this other shit, yada, yada. So, Egypt and space, but they're Terminators. And basically, there's this guy named Trays in the Infinite, and he's the British Museum. Straight up. Like, the dude shows up and he's like, oh, I want that for my museum. I want that for my museum. I want that for my museum. The damn book starts off as an Indiana Jones sequence because he wants something for his museum. <laughs> so, what ends up happening is... They, like, name drop, like, a bunch of different factions. And they don't really explain it. Like, oh, here's the Eldar, uh, Catalytes. And if you don't know what that means, your only explanation is, oh, these are elves, kind of, that ride dinosaurs. Space elves riding dinosaurs. That's the only thing you kind of, like, get out of the scene. And later he's like, oh, I want them. So he takes them. Like, legit, like a Pokeball. He literally has, like, this thing that, like, captures things and puts them in stasis so he can display them in his museum. There's, um... They talk about the Catan and, like, the Great Deceiver and the Flare Virus, and right now here, are some of the scenes, like, I'm speaking another language to you. <laughs> and in context, they don't really explain too much. They, like, say, like, oh, man, did he catch the Flare Virus? Or yada yada this, and there's... Like, the, the, um... He name-drops, like, a bunch of MacGuffins that are from other... Like, things, if you know Warhammer lore. Like, oh, here's the Leviathan Sword. I don't know where this is... I don't know where I got it from, but it's, like, older than when I got it... Or, I don't know what it is, but it's older than from when I got it from. Or, he talks about Istvan 5. And, if you don't know about why Istvan 5 is important, then it kind of seems like an odd... Okay, so, it's an important... Like, the way the scene is drawn, you know, okay, so... Trezan is a guy that will take shit that's important. Like, he's not just collecting shit because he likes to collect it. It's a museum. So, he has dying civilizations in stasis in his museum. Like, you have an entire, like, battle in stasis so that way people can watch it. Like, oh, here's the Great Battle of Yada Yada. Here are the orcs versus the space marines. And this is an important battle. And it's literally that moment. He took a chunk of the planet and these people fighting and they're just in stasis. So... Like, mind you, this is an entire planet that's the museum, by the right. way. So, uh, at one point, you get, like, there's this, like, long stretch of, like, oh, I have, look look at my cool collection. I have yada yada this, yada yada that. I have a Quark. And if you don't know Warhammer, you're thinking, what's the difference between a Quark and an Orc? A Quark is the pre-evolution, it's the, because Orcs are de-evolved versions of Quarks. Quarks were made to kill gods, and the only reason why I know this is because I I'm, I know about Warhammer lore. But if you don't know the lore, there are going to be some moments in the book where you're like eh, I don't know what this is, or the scene frames it like it's important, but it, it I I don't know what this is. A lot of the like extras context stuff you need to kind of know lore to get it. So obviously. There's the oh. extra stuff. Like, Okay, so they say death mask instead of face. Right,
1: they have death masks.
0: Because they're robots. They don't have faces. Uh, if you,
1: if, it's a yeah, that, if I say
0: doomed. doom scythe, do you even know what the fuck that is? Oh, okay. It's not a weapon. <laughs> it's a spaceship. Yeah, see what I mean? So it, it's one of those things where it's like you kind of need extra context because you can't enjoy the... W- Admittedly, if you're reading a Warhammer book, you're a fan of Warhammer, but the, even some Warhammer fans don't know a lot of lore. In fact, some of the people that write the codexes don't know the lore, which is extra funny. You have the people making the rules for the game, not knowing what the fuck the rules are, so you legit have conflict. It's like, well, in the codex it says this. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Uh, uh, snob. I'm reading the fucking Warhammer books that Black Library, which is like the 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 label that goes under the warhammer books i'm reading black library books and it's telling me that this happens which is extra funny because if you read the infinite and the divine and if you read twice dead king there is lore that con like that clashes like someone says oh this is how this works oh well in this necron book it says this is how it works and then you get that awkward stare of like oh which which one's right And that's just, you know, GW not fucking having an idea what to do with their setting. So they get two people to write two books at the same time about the same faction and not talk with each other. Oh, man, it's context, 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 context. For fuck's sakes, people, don't make me need to read an essay about someone who. Oh, how about this? Don't make me have to get someone else to an to to put out an annotated version of your book for me to understand what the fuck you're talking about. Because if the annotated version right. is the way I can understand your story, I think you kinda of failed, bruh. Oh man, it, it's so annoying. <sighs> Anyways, hero. What, uh, <laughs> I went on way too much on this. Uh, cutting fucking close. Efforts. Oh my god. Um, I yeah, went, I when way, you're I getting way, into Warhammer
1: 40k, ahead. make sure you know what you're getting yourself into.
0: Oh, uh, for fuck's <laughs> sakes, really? Really? We were talking about this but all this other shit. We just turned it off. That out was of that? you. Oh, you
1: did sakes. this. This is your own
0: fault. I did this. This is my fault. I do this.
1: I am you excited for you to check out uh Dimension 20, the Mentopolis one. It's pretty funny. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, it's, it's about, uh, it's like a noir story prohibition era type thing that takes place in a person's mind. Um, and so there's uh-huh. like a whole bunch of like, there's an external mystery that these characters are solving internally in the brain. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it, it's pretty interesting, uh, watching them kind of go through it and, uh, it's got Freddie Wong and Hank Green are in it and they play pretty fun characters no, okay. as well as. Uh, The regular uh, cast and crew, Dimension 20, and other college humor projects, and uh, a tertiary person who I don't know, but I think is like a writer or something. But they're fucking hilarious.
0: Uh Okay. I do realize there's a bit of irony when I say, like, hey, with the whole epic fantasy thing and like 10 books to get a payoff. I'm only reading Mistborn because he told me Era 2 is a noir setting. (laughs) It's a Western, actually. It's a Western! oh okay i misunderstood i thought it was a noir but i mean that's equally as good i like western it's, Westerns, it's got not... a mystery so... but it, yeah it's a western okay so i mean hey that's equally as good it, it doesn't think noir western you to know what two genres i still like so i'm gonna
1: <laughs> i'm reading arrow one just so i can get it to arrow, arrow, arrow one is 2. so oh, good God. though i think it's better than arrow no, no no 2. i know
0: uh, no, that's, that's the general consensus that I've been hearing so far. is like, Era 2 isn't as good as the first one, even though it's a time yeah. jump. Well, to be fair, the books has are, more... like,
1: half the length of Era 1,
0: and there's twice I noticed the that.
1: So, like, right now we're only on book 3 of the plan 6 for this arc.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, so much so that Brandon, like, uh, another Cosmere thing that I checked out, cause same guy, too. Um, He's like, oh, General Cosmere overview, and then in the end fucking dan daniel is like oh yeah no here are the planned uh confirmed mist uh stuff that's coming out and then i think i sent um during our other episode i sent uh, we were talking about it and then i sent you that little uh like that youtube short uh, like brandon uh, is uh, excuse me brandon sanderson literally going oh yeah no here are the planned books for like insert this 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 and this and he just casually fucking drops era three and wow, he's writing shit for more era one and two stuff. I still, I, I'm still so. like his legendary
1: reveal of like the fucking five books that he wrote during the pandemic,
0: <laughs> right? But- dude george like he just casually fucking drops it's like it oh yeah a, so it was, uh, it it was very opposite
1: of casual he's like I, you know i want to address the drama that's been coming out like one of those youtuber like apology videos it's uh-huh. like i just want to address yeah. the drama i've been lying to you guys we all have reacted poorly to this uh pandemic and me most of all but i want to be held responsible and so i you know the truth is i bring to you another book! And not just one, but two! But wait, there's more! Actually three! And then there's two more! <laughs> like, what the
0: fuck? <laughs> so there are five books. I wanted... I wanted to back that Kickstarter, but all of them were, like... I'm trying to remember. All of them were, like, sequels to other shit that he's well, done, right? They are all, of, like, originals. None of them were, like... They were yeah. all originals? I think one of them might I was seeing, like because I was checking out the campaign and to me it seemed like it was one of them was like a stormlight archive book one of them was like a mistborn I know he no he one he, he um... made
1: those announcements in that video that he was also working on those things but the uh the secret novels were all like originals but like they were quote unquote secret novels so he didn't give like a ton of uh-huh. information on what the fuck they actually were
0: Oh yeah, he just said Secret Project One, and you get a poster. I mean, admittedly, the prices were pretty fucking huge too, and this was during the pandemic, so I'm like, "Hey man, I want to back this, but you can't put out a Kickstarter and then have all of them be Secret Project One, Secret Project Two, Secret Project Yeah, they're 3, literally called Secret Project, called, 4, Secret Project yeah,
1: Secret One, Two, Three, and Four, yeah.
0: And then like, oh, I get a little neat knickknack with my books, like mind you, these are all, like the way he described it when the books were like you're getting like your little book package and not here's a giant box of all of my kickstarter shit he's sending them out in like waves and i'm like nah dude i i can't i'm sorry mind you this is before i like really knew about sanderson so that's why i'm like why is this dude getting like so much money for this well it's indicative
1: of the quality of content that he produces
0: oh yeah no i've been checking out his youtube channel and oh man he seems like a real chill guy admittedly there's some stuff that I'm like I still find it amazing uh, that he's from fucking Lincoln, Nebraska bro that's nuts every single time and he he teaches like best part about that Cosmere video that I saw he's like oh yeah by the way this is just the Cosmere stuff here's all the other stuff he was writing while he was doing the Cosmere I'm like how? I wish I wish I had your
1: dedication to writing
0: this dude I will keep bringing it up because he even admitted himself 13 Books. And this is Brandon Sanderson writing 13 books. This isn't no Nano here's fifty, you know, here's fifty K books or fifty K words for my novel. This is a Brandon Sanderson fucking length book, and he did thirteen of them yeah. before one of them got published.
1: Yeah. And then he continued at that pace this afterwards, is... which is insane. <laughs> yeah.
0: When he's tell when the dude do- Daniel's telling me that like, oh yeah, Stormlight Archive, freaking big chungus books, and then they get chunkier as it goes on. It's like, dude, what? I don't know. And he releases, like, one every six months. Yeah, it, it is insane. Like, George R. Get on his fucking level, George RR Martin. Fuck. I, I still have this fucking meme of, like, um... Like, old school pulps of, like... It's, oh, clear, defined, black-and-white morality... And then it's the, it, you know, like the same, like, and then at the bottom is like George R. R. Martin, but like goofy, dumb looking, then Ted stuff. It's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if everyone was an asshole? Gray morality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, everyone's just an asshole. Like, guy, oh there's God. a reason why. He has Grimdor- live
1: progress updates on his website, on his homepage. You go there, he's got a bunch of progress bars. Stormlight 5, 68% done. Secret Project 4, final draft, 100% defiant final draft 100 skyward legacy book one 34 that's insane it just like keeps oh, you up to man. date I, that's, I, that's amazing i wish i wish i just wish that it could be like that you know like hey when's the next chapter or book or whatever of unhallowed coming out well you know here's my progress bar <laughs> like,
0: i the the one problem that i see i mean we were supposed to end this i don't know how long ago but like one problem that uh, quick thing for the final, this I mean, be my party, part anyway. So I'd say we still got like 10
1: more. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, part of me will admit that some of this, you know, he gets to it, it. This reminds me of when Todd McFarlane brought this up. So he said, okay, so before I was hired by Marvel, I was only drawing like four or five hours a day. After I was hired, after I was hired by Marvel, now I'm getting paid to do the thing. I started working ten hours a day, but now I'm being paid to do it. When you get over that initial barrier of "all right, now I'm in," now I'm getting paid to do it, and now my content will be not really like it's not like oh I'm more incentivized to do it, but it's more now I'm I'm able to do yeah, it. Yeah, I have to because make more sacrifices. It's still for that situation. Yeah. Now it's, well, what do I do? Do I put more hours in work? And when I get home, I have less hours to do my comic? Or do I not put an OT, get paid less to survive, but now I have more content to give to people? It's this weird, it's this re- it's this really tough struggle that a lot of like artists start off as, that as soon as you, that's the initial hurdle, I think. It's not, oh, putting, it's not the content stuff, it's not this, it's finding someplace secure or a decent time that lets you put out content regularly without needing to like really choke up your other stuff that's
1: what i'm facing right now is i unfortunately had to make the sacrifice of getting another job so that i could uh make my goal of moving states uh by next year because if i didn't there'd be no way i'd be able to do that i'd be stuck in omaha for another year um so i became postman uh and it's very tough and very demanding and uh I can't. I can barely walk anymore because I'm spending eight hours a day walking all the time. Plus, side I did lose five pounds already, and it's only been like a week. Um, but uh, and I'm supposed to lose a lot more weight by you know uh, in the next couple of months. But at some point, everybody says it's like eventually your body stops feeling that pain, that stops hurting so much, and you get like more resist more resistant, and you pick up pace. This, that, and the other. It's just it's really hard, and being a postman is not something I wanted to do for the rest of my life and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, the trade-off of like working these insane hours and not being able to even like walk when I get home, uh, much less draw, uh, is that I will have the funds I need over the next couple of months in order to move states and then really crank up uh, and kick into gear my artistic career, hopefully. Mm -hmm. so but it's very unfortunate and i keep reminding myself like as i come home every day it's like i don't want to do this i want to go back to my old job i want to quit this you know that kind of thing but you know pay the money is going to be there i'm going to pay off all this all the debts that i have i'm going to be able to save the money that i need to i'm going to be able to make my primary goal for the year but i'm not going to be able to make any of my other goals for the year as a consequence. But that's fine, because I think it's a sacrifice worthwhile. So, hopefully I make yeah. it. We'll see here in, a, in the next six months. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll check in right. from time to time and see how that's going, so.
0: Yeah. I think with my new schedule, now that I'm, like, quote-unquote new schedule, the new way that I'm going to be working as uh, I keep going now that I'm back from France, I have, like, I I would not have been able to read Mistborn if I didn't have that like four hours before work, instead of like doing shit when I am out of energy, like you said before, you know, just to sleep and then do shit in yep. the morning. But my circadian rhythm just kind of stopped me from doing that. You right. know, it's, it's like well, it's I want to sleep, but I can't sleep make, for another... that,
1: Yeah, you've gone to France and you're forced to make that transition. It should be easier if you keep it, and you have to. It's just about being vigilant yeah. about it, because as soon as you start slipping, yeah. You know, you start staying up a little bit later. You start waking up a little bit later. Eventually, you're going to fall back into that rhythm and you're not going to be able to make that progress anymore. But it is far better to wake up and get work done first before heading to your job, which you've been doing. And is basically monotonous and second nature. Yeah, it's a thing you care about secondarily. You're going to be able to get far more done um, that way.
0: I fear that unfortunately I'm not gonna make my goal of at least three shorts before NaNoWriMo because you know we do the current time span. But I well, will. We can do
1: one. You can do one short.
0: I, I want to be able to at least make it to three or at least be in production for we'll a third one. Start, start small and work your way up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll see what uh, we go for now because I actually uh I'll, you know, I'll bring it up in the next episode though. There's a uh, how Brandon Sanderson outlines his uh. Mm. Uh, stories i think he even has his own little like uh article on his website on how to do it so we might uh, i kind of want to cover that next time because yeah, we're gonna at, gonna yeah let's 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 for... do a checkup let's actually turn this back into a production <laughs>
1: kind of podcast yeah instead of a yeah of the podcast. <laughs> and uh yeah we'll check out we'll see I mean, how I mean, you're I mean... doing with your things we'll see how i'm doing with my things the things that i've been up to and you know whatever yeah and uh yeah that'll be for next episode Let's go! You gotta stop singing, you can't You have to cut it every time. uh